Welcome to broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. I want to jump into the Word. I have a Word for you. I want to welcome our online campus. Welcome everybody watching from all over the world. I want to welcome our Wiley campus. Come on, give it up for Wiley. We love you, Wiley. Coming up on your one-year anniversary, which is crazy. Wiley's almost been going a year, and uh, I was talking to um, some guys that have been serving this weekend from the Wiley campus, and uh, they're talking about how amazing it has been to see it just grow. And uh, that group just continued to grow and grow. People get reached and saved, and uh, it's incredible testimonies that are coming out of there of life change, of employees that are working at the theater that you're sitting in, uh, giving their life to Jesus because they hear what's going on. Uh, it's incredible. So we're so proud of you guys. Uh, I want you to go in your Bible to 2 Kings chapter 5. I love the Old Testament. I, I feel like God wants to do something special today. And um, I, I, you might hear me say that before, but I feel like any opportunity when we can come into the presence of God, the people of God come into the presence of God. That's a good recipe for God to do something. And uh, I get bored with things quickly, so I'm not looking for another just check the box service. I really, I need something from God. I don't know about you, but, but I, I know myself enough to know that I don't have everything I need. That, 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 that if I'm going to make it in this life and in this world and in my marriage and in my parenting, I, I've, I need Him. Uh, there, there's a desperation that comes with identifying places that you're weak in. You can be insecure about it or you can be desperate in it. I, I just decide I'm going to be desperate in the places that I'm weak because we have a God who is all-sufficient, all-knowing, all-powerful, and he takes delight in helping us. I feel something this morning. I feel like God wants to shift some of the ways that we even think about him, the way we think about our weaknesses, and the way that we think about our dysfunctions. I, I want to I speak from the subject, better than blessed. Better than blessed. Like, like, like better, you know, next level. I, you know, everybody at church is blessed. You know, we're all blessed this morning. You probably already said it this morning to someone. How are you, brother? I'm blessed. I'm, 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 I want to talk about how to get better than blessed. Second Kings chapter 5, I'm going to read you an entire like, book of the Bible out of the message translation. Not really a book, but, a, but 14 verses. It says, Naaman was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important to his master who held him in the highest esteem because it was by him that God had given victory to Aram, a truly great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. Let's rewind this for a second. He was a truly great man, but... You know, everybody's got a but. Physically and emotionally. Every, every, everybody. He's a truly great man, but he was afflicted you ever felt like you ever felt like there's some butts in your life that are really causing some issues not the physical one although that might cause issues too but this we'll get stay away from that this morning a great man but a great woman but 
afflicted with a grievous skin disease. It so happened that Aram, on one of his raiding expeditions against Israel, captured a young girl who became a maid to Naaman's wife. One day she said to her mistress, oh, if only my master could meet the prophet of Samaria, he would be healed of his skin disease. Naaman went straight to his master and reported what the girl from Israel had said. Well, then go, said the king of Aram. I'll send a letter of introduction to the king of Israel. So he went off, taking with him about 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothes. That's hard to do without a car or trailer, just FYI. So he's just, Naaman's like, I'm bringing everything. Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel. The letter read, when you get this letter, you'll know that I personally sent my servant Naaman to you. Heal him of his skin disease. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset, ripping his robe to pieces. He said, am I a God with the power to bring death or life that I get orders to heal this man from his disease? What's going on here? That king's trying to pick a fight. That's what. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he'd ripped his robe to shreds. He sent word to the king, why are you so upset ripping your robe like this? Send him to me so he'll learn that there's a prophet in Israel. We need some more men and women of God that we can send. So, like, I mean, we call the doctor all the time, and I love the doctor, but we need some men and women of God that, like, we will call. I get a doctor report, I feel a symptom, I'm going through something. We need like some prophets in the land that I can call somebody. I'm going to tell you, when I'm going through someone, I want somebody filled with faith that I can be able to call or text and know that they're not just going to be like, hold on, brother, but they're going to beseech God on my behalf and believe that the supernatural God of the universe actually could possibly have the power to touch me in my situation. This is another message for another time. We need a prophet. Where did the prophet go? He's, he's, he's in here somewhere. Uh, Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Verse 10, we'll start there. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself. Actually, I'll go back up to verse 9. So Naaman with his horses and chariots arrived in style. I like that. I just had to read that one because it's just, and stopped at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with this message. Go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Your skin will be healed and you'll be as good as new. Naaman lost his temper. He turned on his heel saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me. Call on the name of God. Wave his hand over the diseased spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers, the Abana and Fafar are cleaner by far than any of the rivers in Israel. Why not bathe in them? I'd at least get clean. He stomped off mad as a hornet. But his servants caught up with him and said, Father, if the prophet had, asked, prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple wash and be clean? So he did it. He went down, immersed himself in the Jordan seven times, following the orders of the holy man. His skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was good as new. Or I like to say... He was better than blessed. Better than blessed. Better than blessed. You ever meet those people that are just no or fake? You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like they got a smile on their face, but you know like they're crying on the inside. Like, like, like you, know, you, you know you go to a restaurant, the waiter comes, and you just know they don't want to wait on you. You know it. You can sense it. You can feel it. Like you can feel the aura of hatred coming from them. But they got a smile on their face. Like, how you doing? I'm doing great. What would you like? What would you like? You know, it's like, something else is going on here. And I can just, I can just feel like this is, this is not good. You know, I, I think that Christians could be 
and I'll say this carefully, but could be some of the worst hypocrites just on the planet. Like, even, even, even God speaks about this through, in the book of Revelation. He, he says, I'd rather you be lukewarm. Or I'd rather, I'd rather you be hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. He says, like, let's just get some delineation. Let's, let, let's just be who you are. If you're sick, all right, we can, we can deal with that. We'll heal you. If you're good, great. You're all right. You're blessed. But this thing in the middle, and this is how many of us live, is we live in the middle. We live in this place that we put on a face, we put on a mask, we put on a facade. We have to, right? We have to go to work. we got to go to church. We have to parent. We have to be a husband. We have to be a wife. And so we have to be something. We've got to be okay. People ask us how we are and what do you say? Like, can you really be vulnerable? I mean, really, honestly, can you be authentic like when you walk through the lobby at the door for like 12 seconds as you walk by and I say, hey, how you doing? You say, I'm blessed. But do you really have in that moment the opportunity to be like, actually, pastor, if you'd pull up a chair, I'm going to tell you. I'm about to tell you what's really going on. We don't have that moment. Turn around and greet one another. We, no one's, everyone's asking, how are you? But no one's saying how they are, right? Because there's not the time or the space. But let me just ask you this question. Where is the time and where is the space? If if we never have a space where we can interact vulnerably with one another, how can we ever be honest about the condition of our own life? And this is what Naaman is confronted with because Naaman is a mighty warrior. He is a commander in the king's army. He is, what the Bible says, a great man. But he has a grievous disease. See, this is the plight of every believer, is that there is greatness but there's grief. That every person that's sitting in this room, that's watching this, you are great, but you also have grief. That hidden within you, your greatness, your potential, you as a man, you as a woman, you as a business owner, you as a father, you, whatever you are and whatever you're great in, hidden in there is places of vulnerability that are not great that we don't want people to see. We can say blessed, but we know the areas, each of us, we know the places within us that are, that are not blessed. And it's there. It's real. It, what it is, it's what it is. But back in, in these times, leprosy was really one of the worst diseases that you could contract. Not, not, not just because of what it would do with, to you as it would rot your, literally your, your, your muscles and, and, and the skin until literally you're binding yourself to keep your limbs from falling off. But it would, it would render you unclean. And when you were unclean, that affected where you went and who you interacted with. It isolated you. But it's interesting that Naaman was unclean, but he was not isolated. He, 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 every other leper you read about in the Bible is unclean or hanging with lepers or isolated. But Naaman is a leper, but he's the commander of an army. He's leading 
but he's leprous. He's a warrior, but he's weak. He's valiant, but he has a disease. And everybody that sees him day to day sees him as, oh, Naaman, the commander of the army. But when he comes home and he takes his armor off, see, you can be a warrior at work and you can be a leper at home. And I feel like I have a word for someone today. All day today, as we talk about, I feel, I feel like God, and I, I, I'm not trying to pick on you or get in your business too much, but I love you enough to tell you the truth, that I believe that God wants to get past your armor. He wants to get past the mask. He wants to get past the safe place. He wants to get into your business because he wants to deal not with your outward performance. He wants to deal with your inward condition. He wants to get past all of those things that we put on. He wants to get past the blessed brother. He wants to get into your heart and into your pain and into your situation and into your questions and into your condition. That's where God wants to be. God's not content with being on the outside watching us worship. No. He wants to know that in our heart there's worship. He wants to know that in our heart there's contentment. He wants to know that in our heart there's submission. He wants to know that in our heart there's obedience. He doesn't care what we drive, what we give, where we lead, where we teach. He cares about what we do in our heart when we do those things. That's what Jesus has always been about all throughout the Gospels. He always took things to the matter of the heart. He said, the law is this, but this is what I'm saying. If this leads you to that, shouldn't we deal with this? Because the law always dealt with, this, with, 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 with the fruit, but Jesus always dealt with the root. He said, I, I want to get down in it, and I want to figure out why. The Old Testament slaps you on the wrist for losing your temper, and Jesus gets into your heart and says, why are you angry? The Old Testament slaps you on the hand for lusting after someone, and Jesus gets into your heart and says, why are you unsatisfied? He always takes things to matters of the heart, and here is Naaman, who is leprous, but he's leading. How do you have confidence as a man or woman of God, in anything that God's doing in you, when you know that beneath your armor and beneath your car and beneath your lifestyle and beneath your friend group and beneath your social status and be beneath all of those things, you know you're leprous. You're leprous. Did you know that in our world today, we are dealing with higher than ever depression numbers, suicide numbers. It is off the chart. Anxiety is off the charts. And you know what's interesting is that we don't talk a lot about mental struggles and battles because we don't really want to like dance that line. Because half the people are saying, Jesus heals, just believe in faith. Half the people are saying, medicate you to death. And so we're like, we don't know, so let's just not talk about it. 
But in our seats, in every service, in every campus, are people that beyond, behind the armor, in the mind, they are struggling. There is leprosy that is in their mind that causes them to hide what they're really going through. And I believe what God wants to do today is the same thing that he did with Naaman. It is the same thing that he's done with people all throughout history. To really use them, he has to get past them. If you're going to be used by God greatly for a long period of time, not for a moment, because this is what's interesting. The calling and giftings of God are irrevocable, so you can be used in a moment and think that you're okay. That, that's why people thought Naaman was all right, because when he went to battle, he was a warrior. But there was two people that knew that he wasn't okay, because every time that he came home and he took off his armor, the servant girl and his wife saw the leprosy. That's usually how you know what's really going on with someone not with the co-workers that think he's amazing but with the wife that has to live with him the kids that have to be raised under him the it, 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 is this too much today i felt such a burden this weekend for this message and i didn't want it to be heavy but i wanted it to be liberating because I feel the pain of people that live beneath the struggle. I'm living under the blessed proclamation. But the blessed proclamation does not line up with what I feel internally. And Naaman, it's interesting, he was a great man with a grievous disease. But in verse 4 it says, Naaman, the servant girl came and told Naaman, I know somebody. I, I know somebody that could help you. I know somebody that has the answer. There's a possibility you could be healed. I know somebody. And it says Naaman acted immediately. Do you know that sometimes when you're going through something, all you need to know is that there's hope? All that you need to know is like somebody sees me, somebody hears, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right. When you're going through a crisis, sometimes all you need to know is like, I'm going to make it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be all right. I'm going to make it to the other side. Sometimes all you need to know is that there's hope. And this little servant girl, which is interesting to me. Let me just say something on this for a second. Because the servant girl was the only person that he felt comfortable being vulnerable with. And she was the person that was the vehicle of his healing. I, I think this could help somebody today because... We put up masks around people that we think matter. And we're vulnerable with people that we don't think matter. He was vulnerable around the servant girl because he thought she didn't matter. And because he didn't care about her opinion, he thought he could show her his disease. But in showing her disease, he didn't even know that the person that he had looked over, the vulnerability spoke to her and connected to her compassion. And she connected him to the man of God that would eventually bring her healing. Maybe your answer is not in another mask and another shield. Maybe your answer is found in the vulnerability of dropping your armor and dropping your facade and getting real with what's really going on. People deal with things. Believers deal with things. I'm a Christian pastor, so 
like, I can't be depressed. Yeah, Christians can be depressed. Christians can be in bondage. Christians can have anxiety. Christians can have mental battles. This is real. This is real life. We want to say it's not. But when you say it's not, when you struggle, you have to step into something that is fake. And Naaman is, is walking and in verse 9. It says that he decides he's going to go see the man of God. I, I, I love this. Uh, he, he, he decides he's going to go see the man of God and it says that he shows up in style. Naaman rolls out the chariot, gets the gold and the silver, and he's like, all right, let's do this thing. Roll out. You know, he's got the whole convoy. I mean, he's rolling out. Because isn't this so true? Whenever we have something that's leprous, we try to, we, we try to overcompensate somewhere else. He's going to get healed for his leprosy, but he, some, he some, for some reason feels like he needs to pile on the gold, pile on the silver, and roll out in the chariot because he wants everybody to know he's all right. You can, you can find really quickly the people that have great emotional insufficiencies because they make up for it in other ways. Right, right, right. It's like, like you, you, people have to make up for. Let me just, let me just say it for myself because it's too convicting to say it to you. Okay, I make up for insufficiencies by really showcasing what I do have, because our perspective of blessing is outward, not inward. Whenever you see someone, you think, "Oh, they're blessed." You're looking at something outward. We never look in someone's heart and think they're at peace, they're blessed. Right? We see the new car they rolled up to. Like, they came up in style. They're blessed. So, so our blessing is like restricted to outward blessing? A, a new car? A, a new job? No, blessing is deeper than a material possession. It's deeper than something that we can see. The greatest blessing you could ever have is a peace in your heart and love and contentment. The greatest blessing you could ever have is a vision that God's leading you towards and walking in purpose, freedom. That's blessing. You ever saw someone that was just so free and you thought, man, they're blessed. No, we probably said, why are they so free? Look at them dancing. Look at them worshiping up there. Instead of sitting back and saying, my goodness, they're free. My goodness, they must be blessed. No, I'm talking about better than blessed. I'm talking about getting past the surface layer. I'm talking about getting past the things that we all see. That's why sometimes this church is uncomfortable. That's why sometimes in this church you see things that it's like, because this is not about your comfort. This is about getting past your armor. This is about getting in to who you really are because God is trying to transform you into who he wants you to be and he can't have you being a warrior at work and a leper at home. He cares about the home life more than he does the work life because if he can heal you at home, you'll be healed at work. He rolls, he rolls up in, in style. I like style. And I wish I had a lot more of it, you know, but like, like he had it. Naaman had it and was showcasing it. He rose up in style and it says that he came to Elisha. 
comes to Elisha, and, and Elisha doesn't even go out to meet him. This is a great man. He comes to see the prophet of God, and the prophet of God sends his servant. He doesn't even come to the door. I can't imagine for Naaman how infuriating it must have been. He's already humiliated that he has an issue. He overcompensates by rolling up in style, has hundreds of pounds of gold and silver on his chariot. He is ready there, his full bedazzled chariot, ready to, ready, ready to go. And, and probably has his theme, theme music playing as he rolls up, you know. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. It's like, I mean, and Elisha's like, who is this joker? And Naaman's like probably waiting for Elisha to like come out and be like, Naaman, come on. How are you? Let's take care of this. Let's get you back so you can be a great man. Isn't that how we sometimes come to God? It's like, here we are, God. You know? Like, we're ready to worship. Like, we're ready to get that worship. I mean, we got the worship pose, the worship face. I got the joy of the Lord. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you do? Forgot to tell you. Yeah. Elisha sends his servant. And this is what he tells him to do, which I think is just so interesting. He tells him, hey, hey Naaman, I want you to go. I want you to wash in the Jordan River seven times, and then you're going to be healed. And it says that Naaman got angry. Now, I want you to hear what Elisha said. He said, go wash in the Jordan River seven times, and you will be healed. He, guaranteed, he gave him hope. He told him he'd be healed. But Naaman was angry in how the freedom came. It says he was furious. And he was furious because of a couple things. And I want to give these things to you because I believe this is what's going to set you free today. He was furious because he thought Elisha should have came to him. Do you know what? When I'm, when I'm dealing with people that are struggling specifically with depression or any type of mental battle, the, the number one thing that we deal with is they feel like people should see past their armor and come to them. The first step in you walking into freedom is for you going to. So not being mad because someone can't see what's under your armor, but just recognizing, I know when I go home, there's leprosy there. So I'm just going to be vulnerable, and I'm going to say, I have an addiction. Pastor, you should be able to see it. I can't see it. I can't see past your blessing. I, I can't see past your blessing. You look great through Instagram. I mean, honestly, you look incredible through that filter. I mean, it's just, it's working for you. But your, your leprosy is crying out from behind the filter, see me, see me, see me. And if you want to be free, I'm trying to help you. You are going to have to move from behind the camera, and you're going to have to get into someone's face, and you're going to have to say, I have a problem. But Elisha was mad because, or Naaman was mad because Elisha didn't come to him. Naaman was mad because he thought, he says this, he thought he would wave his hand over him and he would be healed like that. You know, this is what I found with people specifically walking through emotional and mental health issues is that they think that it's going to be healed in an instant. Right? Just pray for me, Pastor. I'm going to pray for you, but you have a process. 
Because there was a process that took you to where you are. And there will be a process that will change. You'll have to do. This is why Paul says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12. This is why he says, fix your mind on what the spirit desires. Your, your, your mind. He's trying to teach us something. Is that you have to educate your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My, my, my mind. So when the armor drops and you really want to be healed, you can't be mad that you have to come forward with your issue. And then you can't be mad that it doesn't happen in a moment. God will touch you in a moment. But healing and deliverance are through a process. I've seen people deli be delivered in, from addiction in a moment. But I'm going to tell you this. They had to walk it out. God will take away a, a craving. God will take away. But, but, but then you, can't, you have to stop going to the same places. You got to stop hanging around the same people. Right, right. It's, it's the process. We want to just be transformed into a new person. You're the same person. God's healing your leprosy. But now you've got to walk out your healing. Naaman was angry because he thought there might have been a better way. Oh, man. He, he said this. He says, why the Jordan River? I would have been like, Naaman, shut up. You've got leprosy all over your face. Like, get in the water I'm telling you to get into. But he's like, why the Jordan? Why can't I go to Lake Texoma? Why Levon? That's probably what it was because it's just nasty. You know, the Jordan. It's like, why Lake Levon? Like, I probably would have said the same thing, honestly. Like, God, like, please, like, get something clean. He's questioning the process. Let me just ask you this. Do you want to be made whole or not? Because if you do, there is some steps that you have to take in order to get to that place. And you have to be committed to some things. This, 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 is, this is how I call it. And, and, and I'll, I'll give you this. You have to fight. It's a fight. You have to fight for humility. Humility says, I don't have all the answers. I'm not, I'm not really as blessed as I say I am. I actually have some issues. Did you know that it's actually very comforting to actually voice your insufficiencies? It feels so good. Confession feels so good. We fight it so much, but it feels so good to just get stuff out. Like, oh, there. <clears throat> Excuse me. I just, need to, I just need to tell you this. I need to communicate this. I need to be vulnerable in this place. I need to talk about it. You're going to have to have humility. Don't make people come to you. Go to them. If you want to be free, this is one of the vehicles that God gives us of freedom is community. Go to a leader. Go to a pastor. Go to a trusted friend and communicate, I am having a problem. This is getting super practical right now. I know we're talking about the Old Testament and Naaman and the lepers, but I want you, I want you to know this is like super practical. You have to have the humility to say, I have some insufficiencies and I need help. You know when we get most marriages for marriage counseling? After it's too far gone, they're already made up their mind. There's already been so much damage done. They, are, they, they have made up their mind what's going to happen. And then they say, okay, one last ditch effort, try to talk to us. And in that place, it is almost impossible to break through the mindset. But what would happen is believers 
if we begin to change our process and we had the humility to say, ah, I think things could be better. Why am I dealing with this? Why is this coming up? Why am I feeling discouraged? Why am I feeling down? Why am I feeling anxiety? Why am I feeling, why? why? And you can have the humility to begin to talk about it. You have to fight for your humility and you have to fight for your process. That's what Naaman said. He's like, I thought you would wave your hand over me and it would be gone. It's, it's not like that. It's a process. I wish it was. Wouldn't that be nice? I, I wish it was. But it's not. It, it, it is a process of deliverance. It's a process of breakthrough. So you have to have the patience to wait out the process. You gotta wait out the process. You have to fight for humility, you have to fight for your process, and you have to fight for obedience. This is tough because some of us are like, okay, we'll wait. God, we're waiting. We're wait. God. But there's a combination of waiting and obedience. It is not just surviving the process or enduring the process or outlasting the process. It is about obeying in the process. So there are steps to take. This is why Elisha says to Naaman, he says, I want you to go to the Jordan River. I want you to get into the Jordan River. I want you to dip yourself in that Jordan River, that muddy water, seven times. And after you do it seven times, you're going to be healed. He gave him clear instructions. Some of us are so spiritual, like we don't want instructions. There's only one step. His name is Jesus. Right. That's for salvation. You're right. Very good doctrine. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You have theologized the, 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 theologized so well. It's amazing. But deliverance. Why is Paul talking about your mind if it's just a moment? Why is he talking about training yourself, training your mind? Do you know what the Bible even says this? It says that holiness has to be learned. Well, I thought when I had this like encounter at women's conference, I would just be holy. And I went home and cussed out my husband. <laughs> it happened to me. No joke. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's way too far. <laughs> joking. The moment is powerful. But then I have to be obedient to the steps. I've got to give myself to the steps. How does God release his will for us? We commit our way to him, and then he directs our, oh, steps. Our steps. Our steps. Are you willing to dip? Are you, are you willing to dip in the waters God asks you to dip? Are you willing to submit to the relationships that he's asking you? Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to be humble? Are you That's how you walk into freedom. In this room, I would say probably 99.9% .9 of us in this room are dealing with some type of emotional or mental battle. And no one would ever know it because you're successful and you're great and you look amazing and all of those things. But behind the warrior, there's also a leper. It's about a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago now, a report came out that um, there was a suicide, and maybe you've seen it on the news, but it was a young pastor in California, 30 years old, three kids, and he'd been struggling with depression for quite some time. They had given him a sabbatical and 
had some forced leave for him to kind of just get, get better. He came back from the sabbatical he preached. The church was so happy to have him back. They celebrated him. They rejoiced that he was back. Starting a new series on overcoming. On Saturday night before he preached the next message, he took his own life. Left his wife, his three kids, and the church. And honestly, I haven't even been able to like talk about that story yet. But I felt like I needed to today. Because the battle that he had was a battle at home. He was an amazing communicator, amazing leader. Had taken his dad's church, it was growing rapidly. From the outside, everybody said, blessed. Oh, look at Andrew, he's blessed. Oh, look at Andrew and Kate, they're blessed. Look at their three kids, they're blessed. Oh, they must have such an amazing life, they're blessed. Look at their car. They're blessed. Look at all the people serving them. They're blessed. And behind the blessing was leprosy. Finally came to a point where he's like, I can't. I can't live with it. I can't overcome it. And I can't live with it. And in a moment where I believe was completely demonic, he took his life. I'm not trying to get super heavy today, but I want you to know something. That the enemy is not playing games with you. Leprosy in the Bible was lethal. It was only a matter of time. So the enemy knows if he's got a little piece of you, he knows he eventually have you. But I know this. God loves you so much. He knows every battle. He knows every fight. He knows every struggle, every thought. And he loves you. He loves you. And Naaman, the only place that he got vulnerable was in front of this little servant girl that he thought didn't matter. But because of his vulnerability, his vulnerability connected him with his answer. And so I feel like I have a prophetic message to our church today that we will not be blessed. We're going to be better than blessed. That every person would have the opportunity to be honest with any struggle, with any difficulty. Because when God sees you, he loves you. He sees past your armor. He sees past your mistakes. He sees past your dysfunction. And he loves you. And his desire is for you to be free. He desires you to walk in freedom. He desires you to walk in authenticity. He desires you to walk in a way and a confidence that you've never had before before, not hiding, not behind something, not in fear that someone's going to find out, but out in front, confident, head held high. I may have leprosy, but I'm going to find my answer. I'm going to walk through my process. I'm going to be obedient to the steps God's given me, and I'm going to walk out of this, and I want to declare this over you. You will walk out of this. You will want, you got to fight, but you will. You have to fight, but you will. You're godly, but you have grief. But God sees you. 
And I believe this, that something supernaturally is happening, even in this room, across our campuses, that God's shifting something. Because many of you have thought that you would live with this leprosy for all of your life. But I'm declaring over you today that you do not have to live with something that you have to cover. But there is freedom for you, sir. There is freedom for you, ma'am. And it may take some time. And it may take some humility. But you're going to come out on the other side free. I believe God wants to bring freedom. Verse 14, and we're done. It says, so he did it. Naaman did it. He did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan seven times. Following the orders of the holy man, his skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. I want to help somebody. Not getting to where you can manage it. Not getting to where you can like still go to work and function and not have a breakdown. No, better than blessed. Better than blessed. He said, his skin, this, this is like a seasoned warrior and he's got like skin like a baby. Might be a little embarrassing, honestly. But it's like, look at those hands. Boy, he got some calluses up on those things. Right. He's got skin, better than, better than, Better than healed, better than blessed, brand new. God's not trying to get you back to where I could manage. He's trying to get you to be made, this is what we heard all weekend, to be made whole. He's not trying to just heal you in an instant for a moment. He is trying to make you whole so that you can be everything that God has called you to be. I know it might look hopeless. I know it might look like something that you cannot even visualize, but I am here to tell you my assignment today is to declare to you that there is hope for a life that is free, a life that is confident, a life that is full, a life that is joyous, a life that is unencumbered, unbondaged, unbroken. Better than blessed. Better than blessed. Better than blessed. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.